Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Ooh, I still have Happy New Year in my notes. Hold on. <laughs> Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, building the Mount Rushmore of movies, and continuing our discussions on Israel. I am your host, or your producer, Molly Kingston, and your fourth chair panelist. Joining me in first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, what is the first thing you do after getting home from a trip? No. First thing I do after getting home from a trip, kiss my wife. That's sweet. I was I was assuming she would be also on the trip. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not a given. No, it's um, not. Well, okay. So along those lines, uh, probably go to the restroom. <laughs> If it's been a if it's been over an hour trip, definitely go Good. to the restroom. Yeah. Uh, and as our live audience can see, Dr. Gavin Hooks is unable to be with us tonight. We will miss him, um, but we will try to do our best to survive without him. And then <laughs> in our third chair is always Ryan Mayberry. What is the first thing you do after getting home from a trip? Take a nap every time. I'm always more tired when I get back than when I left. Yes, agreed. Sometimes you feel like you need a vacation mm -hmm. from your vacation. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I have to agree with Dad, is to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I said, it's because even if I don't necessarily need to go, I need the grounding that only my bathroom can provide. <laughs> Those <This> centering. <laughs> yes, exactly. Burn some incense. <laughs> Realign my chakras. There you go. Uh, those in the audience, if you would like to share your own answer to this question, you can text the number on the screen, and I'll share them throughout the show. It's PG, this, though. Keep it PG. Of course, yes. This also applies to any other questions or topics of discussion we may broach throughout the show. Um, if you are listening later online, you can please comment your answer on the Facebook post, and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. So our first segment tonight is going to be over Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. So, uh, for this cause, he starts out in verse 14. It's interesting when you look at this passage as a whole, uh, and I'm getting there in my phone because I'm using my iPad for the notes. And um, if he, oh, we're in three, actually, right? Mm -hmm. So, the very first verse, he says, for this cause. And then he reiterates that in verse 14. So, the for this cause is similar to therefore or wherefore. Mm -hmm. You have to look why it's there. Which therefore. means you need to look back and see what it's there for. All right. And uh, he's pretty well, you know, again, Paul takes the standard approach. He does doctrinal, then he does practical. He gives you the biblical basis for what he's trying to achieve. And then he gives you the practical outliving of that doctrine. So, He's trying to convince uh, or bring, you know, these Ephesians, which are Gentiles. Uh, it's a mixture, of course. There's Jews there also. But he's trying to bring them to the discipleship level that they belong. And so he's done that in the first part of chapter 3. In verse 14 now, he's going to enter into a prayer. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the, if you will, what would the word be? Uh, the commentary that I added to this was, uh, this is him, his words, I'm praying that you get the understanding, this is my life's calling, Paul's life calling, to teach you that you are always included in the grace that comes from the cross. I'm praying that you connect with the greatest fellowship that's available to man, 
that is with our Creator, and that you connect with the second greatest fellowship, and that is with our fellow believers. Comments? Um, there's something that I heard in one of the sessions that I listened to, John MacArthur. He just mentioned, he labeled Paul the prisoner of the gospel as well as the preacher of the gospel. And like you said, it was his life's calling That's to right. deliver this message to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Right. A absolutely. Um, he, you know, at another place he says, I, I cannot but do this. You know, I am constrained for the gospel's sake to minister. Well, then he goes on of whom in verse 15, and I, I, I listed the verses this time. Well, good for you, you. You got lost last time. Can you tell me the verse? Well, no. it's because you're reading from King James, and I'm looking at ESV, so gotcha. I just get confused in all gotcha. the thous, these, these and, and thuses. There you yep. go. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Okay, so you read that in context. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So the same God that made this fellowship possible through Jesus Christ is the same God that will make it possible to actually come to fruition. Certainly a God that spoke this planet into existence can bring you and I to the discipleship level that he wants us to be in. All we have to do is to provide the obedience. Um, so I'm praying to him, Paul is saying, uh, he owns everything, he is everything, without him nothing good happens. I don't know, you know, each person has to come to that place where they have confidence in the person that they're speaking to, or in this case, praying to. You know, in our daily lives, there's very few things more reassuring than when you have a problem. Oh, I can go to so-and-so, and they know the answer. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true for everything with God. And you know, I heard someone, I think it was here, uh, talking about the fact, no, I think it was actually Brendan, uh, Sunday at the ordination, where, and God has done this with me too, Who's the first person you check with? Can you name them besides God? If there's someone else that you can, whether it's dad, mom, brother, sister, boss, you know, best friend, if they're your first go-to, you still aren't to the point where you know and understand that God should always be the first go-to. Now, he may very well say, you need to talk to so-and-so. <laughs> but, but it come from him as opposed to you and I believing that they've got more to say than God. We'd never say that with our lips, but we say it with our actions. But wouldn't you think that's simply because of the differential between the spiritual needs and the physical needs? So, like, if I have a flat tire, I'm calling you because you can help me with a flat tire. Can God not help you with a flat tire? Well, not physically. And sure. so I'm thinking sure of the physical. He's, he's going to he, show up and so do it for me is what I'm it, saying. In your case, no, no, no. I'm trying to explain to you what I'm saying. I completely get what you're saying, and you're right. He's not going to show up in physical form as God. Dun, dun, dun. But 30, 29 years old, single, he what? may bring the six-foot gorgeous guy to hey, fix can, your time. We can move on from that. Okay. Well, but <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is if you don't pray first, that guy may just drive on to the next single woman. <laughs> so he's, never mind. We were going to get way too far into that conversation. So, what I'm trying to explain to you is that yes, for physical, emotional, spiritual, I got a text from I'm someone. Sure, yes, thanks uh, for that. Intellectual, whatever need, you should go to God first. 
And seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added into you. So I, I do. I believe that you should go to God first and then go to the people that he directs you to or the people that you know. You know, I'm going to call dad, but I'm going to, God, would you please make it to where dad's able to come? Right. You know, willing to come. <laughs> what a, you know, make it to where dad doesn't yell at me. You know, whatever. Well, that uh, is always appropriate. There's always appropriate prayer. Ryan, you're just sitting over there awful quiet. I'm just staying out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches. Did you want to share the text? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So, again, these are my words of putting into Paul's mouth. I'm asking him, I believe this is what Paul is saying through this verse, to give you what you need so that you can understand and be strengthened by the might of his spirit in your inner man. In other words, I'm asking God the Father to communicate to God the Spirit to communicate to you that he will make this happen. And that's how God talks to us. God talks to his spirit, spirit talks to us, and we know what God wants us to do. Comments? Oh, well, I keep thinking that the Bible needs to fit in there somewhere. Meaning, like... Oh, the Bible well, absolutely, also yeah. Right. yeah. So the experiencing God reality is number four. God right. speaks to us through his spirit, through his word, through his church, uh, through his people, and then through uh, circumstances. Right, and one of the things I have here, it's actually connected to verse 18, but I think fits in with this one as well, is that my relationship with God is only as strong as my relationship with God's word. Very good, very good, it, and amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, I've heard from several people this year that their some of their you know commitments, uh, New Year's resolutions have been to spend more time in God's Word, which is always appropriate. Uh, Seventeen, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Of course, you know we're interrupting this idea, but that's where the verse seventeen stops. So uh, I'm praying that the Spirit of Christ will reveal to you Christ Himself in your hearts through your faith. That's all you have to bring to the table. It's faith. God will do what he says he will do. That, uh, As a result, you will be rooted and grounded in that love. You're going to soak in it. You're going to sit in it. You're going to root down into the depths of the love of Christ for you. And I think it's so important. You know, we see quiet time as action. But if we would step back and realize quiet time is just that quiet yes you're supposed to read God's word but then you're supposed to be quiet and listen yes you're supposed to pray but then you're supposed to be quiet and listen and I believe that this verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith so you're sitting there having faith that Christ is dwelling inside of you that ye being rooted and grounded in love for me that is the picture of a plant going down into those the, the love soil, if you will. Comments? 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. Of course, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. But I don't want to pass over. He gave us some measurements here. Right. The breadth, the length, the depth, the height. So this is my humble opinion of what Paul's saying. I'm praying to the Spirit of Christ that dwells in you that he will give you the ability to comprehend the truths that all the other saints have comprehended, and that is the measurements of God's love for you, that you'll be able to stretch a tape across the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love for you. Now, 
the, the, you know, there's some scriptures here that have to level this out. You know, the scripture says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We cannot grasp the totality of God. But he does allow us to understand these measurements of his love for us. Right. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is interesting how he put it. To be able to comprehend the depth and width and height, but then also says that it passes knowledge in the very next sentence. So that's you right. Can't, you can't really know, but to know as best as possible. Right. That, that's it. As best as possible. Uh, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So on that, I said to have experiential knowledge of this love that Christ very honestly passes our human ability to understand, which is what you just said, but that God would grant us the ability that we might be filled with the fullness of God. This is going to be very similar to what David said, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So as we get as much of a measurement as we can get, and, and I think it grows day by day, you know, some experiences happen today that gives you more of a measuring tape, you know, for tomorrow. And, and you know, even though, and again, it, sometimes the negative things enlarge our measurement tape more than anything, you know. Um, the, the trial that, you know, we're going through with Dawn, all we have come out of this so far is, is that God loves us and he's going to take care of us, you know. And so uh, that's enlarging, you know, you know this, Ryan is a construction guy. There's all sorts of different types of tapes. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get the little dainty, you know, three-foot tape, or you can get the big 15-foot tape, or you can get the 100-foot tape, and I bet there's a 300-foot 15 tape. 15's a little tape. It very, <laughs> Got to get the 35. Little. That's right. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, amen to that. Comments? On what? <laughs> My point is, before I move on, you got anything else to say? Um, well, I realized that I did miss, I had something on verse 17. Sure. Uh, talking about the word dwell. Mm -hmm. um, I like looking at like the notes in the U Bible because it's all the notes that other people have written. Mm -hmm. And I just like pulling from other people's thoughts. And so this one person um, brought out that dwell means to take root or makes a home in. And in your walk with Jesus, is your walk with Jesus like a home where you are settled and have pictures and memories of what you went through and how he brought you from them? Or is your walk with Jesus like a vacation rental that you visit once or twice a year? Mm. And I, I, I really liked that imagery, like bringing it together like that. Because I've always thought as well of as of the tree, you know, just like a tree that's planted by the water, I will not be moved. But this one just kind of brought it from a different angle, like mm -hmm. how settled are you? How comfortable are you? in that relationship. Very good. Uh, and oh, then, go ahead. And I'm so sorry. This is why I was distracted because we got um, Jamie Frosser texted in um, something supporting what you said earlier about always going to God for things because um, she was struggling right before Awana with the children. And so she just prayed that before the Lord to give her patience. And he brought someone into her life through technology where she was able to vent and allow her to calm down and yeah. be able to have the patience that she prayed for and then, you know, come to church in a happy mood and a good mood. So Good stuff. There you go. But she prayed first. She prayed first. Amen. So uh, then at verse 20, and, and these two verses are two of my most favorite verses in the Bible. Paul has just went on and on about what God's doing and what he's asking God to do 
But then he says as an exclamation point in verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And when you look back, how could you ask for any more than what Paul is asking for? Yet he's saying God can do it. Mm -hmm. God can exponentially multiply these things that I'm asking, you know, for him to do to you. In other words, he's going to go beyond my words and, and show you the depth, the height, the width uh, of the love of God for you. So this is where it really gets cool and good because he ends the prayer with now unto God who is able to do far away above everything that I'm asking or that I could even think to ask according to the very power that is represented with the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And then verse 21, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And this will be the result of God answering this prayer. When you and I understand the full measurement of the love of God that has been bestowed upon you for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, God will use you to bring glory to him through his son throughout all ages, world without end. And, and of course, what is that? That's us bringing other people to Christ, teaching them how to bring other people to to Christ, and that just continues to go, and that is what brings the most glory to God. And what is that? That's changed lives, transformed lives. That's all I got. Uh, Ryan, did you have anything you nope. wanted to add at the end? Nope, I did just have one last thing that yeah. someone else wrote in their notes under these verses was, "When was the last time I prayed a prayer like this for someone?" Bingo. Uh, so years and years ago. Uh, I was teaching a passage, I think it was Colossians, and it was very similar. Paul was praying that they would grow in their knowledge of God and, and grow in the knowledge of what God wanted them to do and things like that. And Deborah Smith came to me and said, I used not to know what to pray for my brother, and then I turned this prayer into a prayer for my brother. Mm. And he had seen some amazing growth in his Christian life as a result of her praying. And so, you know, that's why I encourage us every day to pray that we would uh, know him, uh, that we would be filled with his wisdom. Uh, of course, the, the prayer is not going to come to me now because I'm trying to remember it, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me see if I can get it. Uh, we would know him, that we would be, that we would bear his fruit uh, and essentially be come in the fullness of the knowledge of him. So anyway, uh, no, be aware of his kingdom work. There it is. We would know him, be aware of his kingdom work, and bear his uh, fruit. Yep, bear his fruit. All right, very good. So that was the end of chapter 3. So next week we'll be moving into chapter 4 in Ephesians. Um, hopefully we will finish Ephesians before the end of the year, but there are no promises. <laughs> so our first break tonight is the Mount Rushmore of movies. And when I was looking at this, I was like, it kind of works perfect with our break from last week about movie quotes mm -hmm. and I felt like we probably all had one the same one movie was the same on all of our Mount Rushmore so I'm interested to see if that comes to fruition so I've got two categories here oh dear I've got secular movies and Christian movies oh can we do that yeah I mean Gavin's not here I so stretched the rules a little with mine too so okay. I feel like your stretch is I fine. mean you're all rule breakers and we know this <laughs> at this point I, I expect my plans well, to be upended every week we can't do what everybody else in the world do, does, so we have to break these BRH rules. Come on. Well, that's unfortunate because I is. just had one, and <laughs> I bet none you of them are technically scripted. 
scriptural. No, no, not not scriptural, but just biblical Christian. Christian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, l- l- let me do the secular version first. Now this first one, especially for parents, this is a oh probably 1970 movie. You've watched yes, this I with have. us. Yeah. Snowbill, Snowmobile Express. Yeah. It's a Disney movie when Disney movies were trustable still. Yeah. And it was it was not animated. It was you know people, and it is. Excellent. It is just a good waste of about an hour and a half. Yeah. There are some bust your gut familiar scenes, or not familiar, funny scenes. So that's number four. Act of Valor would be number three. Jurassic Park franchise would be number two. And the Lord of the Rings franchise would be number one. That's the secular version. Christian version, I can only imagine, would be number four. Facing the Giants would be number three. The War Room, number two. The Passion of the Christ, number one. Both very good. Ryan, do you want to go? Sure. So uh, my stretch was that only one of them is a single movie, but the other three are series. So the single movie is uh, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen. Uh, I believe it was late 60s when it came out, but it's an excellent movie. Uh, And then the three series are Harry Potter as number three, Rocky as number two, and uh, Lord of the Rings as number one, of course. Of course, and that is the one that I thought we would all have on our Mount Rushmore because I also have the Lord of the Rings on mine. So, I don't have my numbered like y'all, but I have Dragonheart, uh, The Three Ninjas, which if you don't know that one, <laughs> that is also a franchise, but it's old school, and it's great. I don't know. It's about three kids who's trying to be ninjas, and it's really hilarious. And then The Lord of the Rings and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was my yeah, last one. Yeah, Seven Brides. Uh, so, Rocky would be honorable mention for me oh, for man, sure. It's so good. It, it, it is. I, I loved them. I mean, I grew up on them. Uh, and uh, I, that's pretty much why, for about six months of my life, I was planning on being a boxer. <laughs> uh, to this day, I can turn my stomach to a point where a, a small child cannot hurt me. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was something uh, that I prided myself in coming out of college. Twelve and under, basically, they could take their just their best swing. Uh, and usually they would recoil, you know, hurting their hand. Uh, and then I can't remember... Um, it was probably 15 years ago. This 12-year-old kid was pretty stout, and I mean, he hurt me. He hurt me good, because <laughs> the little boogers wouldn't let you get ready. Right? No, they, they just would... walk up, bam. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. So anyway. All right. Very good. So we're just gonna chug right on along to mystery topic, and it. So it was Uncle Gavin, right? No. No, it was, I went last week. It was oh, Ryan's, it was. yeah. Oh, well, I hope it's you because I don't like mine. So Ryan <laughs> isn't supposed to be up there. It's okay. We'll well, if it's Ryan, it's okay. We'll just, I'll just make Look that. At that. Perfect. Yeah, finally. Exactly how I planned it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So this is going to be fun, and I would love for uh, audience participation, text in, and the such. This is a little bit of a, what would the word be? Okay, I'm ho- sorry. Give me one more second. Uh, I have, I, I just saw a text. I don't right. always keep up with those, but Randy texted in his Mount Rushmore, and it's Rambo one, Rambo two, Rambo yes. three, and Rambo four, <laughs> and Rambo five. Two is the best, though, out of them, I would say. Is in Rambo two your favorite? Number five. Oh, really? Five. He likes five. That was good. Do you like the Reacher series at all? Oh, yeah. yeah, I like Reacher too. Yeah. Uh, and then we have another one, which is uh, Die Hard. This is from Christmas Kenny. movie. Uh, yeah, the Christmas movie, Die Hard. Uh, and then Facing the Giants, nativity, the nativity scene, and Passion of the Christ. Very good. 
So he mixed his. One is secular and the rest yeah. are. Yeah. Cool. Those were Christian. all from Randy? No, that was from Kenny. This, oh, the okay. last one was awesome. from Kenny. All right. Well, this is a slice out of a missions director situation. Okay. So here's the situation. Many churches, uh, they are running 15 or less. And if something doesn't happen, and I actually wrote this before you and I talked, Randy. If something doesn't happen, they're going to die as a church. So here's the question. What do they need to do? Programs are out because they have no money. Most likely, no staff to run the program. Advertising is out. Hiring a big gun preacher is out. What's left? In your humble opinion, what can they do? They do not have freedom of the spirit to disband. So God wants them to stay in the fight. What would you advise them to do? And I mean, I've got an answer, but I want to, and y'all, it's not going to be wrong if it doesn't match what I'm going to say, but I, I want to hear what you guys, and, and from the, what would you suggest to this church to do? First of all, pray, like you said earlier, go to God first, because if he's not in it, you know, That's you're right. not going to have success in it, especially with it being his church. Right. If he wants it there, it's going to be there. But with that being said, you've got to be his hands and feet and go and do the work for it. So if you've got few people there, then go out in the area around your church and invite people to come advertise i guess yeah with the spoken mouth yes yeah uh word of mouth however you want to say that so um i don't want to step on the toes of a possible future testimony but out of that particular testimony came this exchange how do you know you're okay because see a lot of these churches they're not even aware that they're they're fixing to die we're mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I, how do you know you're okay? Constant evaluation. Right. And, and, and if you can't answer, this is how we know we're okay, then you might not be okay, you know, type thing. Um, but because, see, that's what's not happening, Ryan. Constant evaluation is not happening, in my humble opinion. Um, and, and we're not setting the woods on fire here. We're not. But what we are doing is we've got a, an approach that we go over at least two or three times a year. Uh, we've got ministries that, because we do have all credit and praise to God, the finances to do programs, uh, and we have staff for those programs. But even beyond that, as a church, we are encouraging our people, you know, through that Sunday in, Sunday out prayer to reach the sphere of influence that they have. Molly, what were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that it would, I think it would be wise to look back at examples like from the first church. I mean, mm-hmm. when the first church started, they didn't have anything either. Right. They were starting from the ground up. They had to get together. I mean, they went to what we would consider drastic measures of selling their homes and their lands and everything right. so that they could support the people there. The growth. The, yeah, support the growth right. that was happening. And I mean, in, I know in this circumstance that you've set there isn't growth so th- but but they are without funds like you're saying so there might have to be some sacrifices in order to get the funds to get programs no because doubt. programs definitely help encourage people visit a church or attend a church or mm-hmm. become a member of a ter- church so that is important there um, and then also like you know getting out and being the hands and feet like I think getting in the community is a big thing uh, Jamie Froster texted in people love people that love people Amen. so if you go out there and you show your face 
to the community and show that this is what we are. We are people who love you and want you to know a fullness of life in God, then mm-hmm. they'll be more willing to come to your church because you went to them first. Um, and then Kenny kind of echoes Ryan's, which is having prayer meetings and dig into the word and see what they can change as God provides them answers. Amen. I, all of this is absolutely accurate, and, and all I'm going to add to it is just what's already been said, but, but th- th- this is my, because it, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, uh, a particular pastor, um, it's just a dire situation, and he's not giving up, he's excited, but that's it type thing. And, you know, the church is discouraged, and he's having trouble encouraging them, you know, things like that. And so when I look at that and think, well, what, what would I tell them? If they asked me to come, what would I tell them? And I really believe that it just goes back to the absolute basics, and that is who do you know, where are they at, what can or do you have to do to reach them for Christ? And but, but because at, at this point where, where, where programs are not possible, um, and I think if we're not careful, we let programs be an excuse not to do what I'm fixing to explain. And, and it, they, should never, they should never be an excuse not to do this. They should be the reason why we're doing the program is to get the opportunity to, and that is to personally saddle up along somebody, have a relationship with them, see them come to Christ in Christ's time, and then teach them how to reach others. And because at the absolute basis, and, and that you know, I always go back to that three-year statistic of the new church. Mm. The, the new church, no, no church per ratio, outwins, uh, meaning souls coming to Christ, a church that's under three years old. Why? Because that church knows their very life depends upon it. And so they have to go out and reach the lost. And so uh, now you have a church maybe that's went, quote, unquote, a full cycle, and now they're struggling because they they have lost a lot of members for whatever reason. And I think a lot of valuation needs to come into play there. Are there some sins that need to be confessed? You know, is God trying to get their attention? You know, and if that's the case, obviously you start there. You know, Lord, we're sorry. Uh, in 1997, uh, I brought to this church the fact that they had voted to build, and never did, never did, and so we repented of that, and, and you know, the rest is history there. Um, so, but in that case too, we know now that it can be completely outside of there control as well like with covid absolutely we went down to no services in person but well again but that's part of evaluation right you know so so, you know mom my wife well what have i done wrong you know to have this issue you haven't necessarily done anything wrong (laughs) sometimes bad things happen you know and so you're absolutely right molly A, a church could be in that position because of no fault of their own but again you got to evaluate that but ultimately, it comes down to going and finding the, the Bills, Joes, and Susies, winning them to the Lord, and discipling them to win other people to the Lord. And uh, I, I believe if a church will just beg God to help them do that, I believe it may take five to ten years 
but they'll go from 15 to 20 to 25 to 30 and, and, and go from there. As long as they're willing to put in the work for it, too. That's it. That, that's it. Because it is work. It, it is work. Uh, that's what I'm basing my articles right now on in our uh, BMA paper, uh, using the tomato plant as the challenge to, you know, we, we raised tomatoes as an association last year, and I challenged them to bring it to fruit and then harvest some seeds from the fruit, and then next year plant those seeds again and bring that plant to fruit, but all along asking God to show them lessons in discipleship while doing that. Um, we had another listener, yeah. Rob, text in saying that pray first, yes, um, but his opinion is to go back to when you made church at members' homes, bring in the box guitars, the bucket drums and banjos and food and just down home worship and I think it brought out a good point of you know a lot of times society looks at us as a church and says that you know we're all hypocrites we're faking it whatever but this I think brings in and it brings it back to the nitty-gritty or sure. like down to the actual sure. commitment you know you're not going you're when you're that close together in a small spot it's easier to be real I think in those moments very good, very good. And I think that is a good approach. Uh, for it, and again, it just depends on the church and what God's will is for that church. She may want to close her doors, but not disband. Right. Close her doors and go to people's homes and, and start small group Bible studies. And get healthy through the small group mm -hmm. situation. Get to 40 or 50 in the small groups and say, okay, we're going back to church but we're going to advertise that we're opening up and we're going to be three times the size that we were, you know. Uh, amen. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's the end of our mystery discussion. So our break is, sorry, I'm, I'm out of it right now. Never have I ever. Okay, explain, explain this. I think you already have, but explain it again. What are, we, what are we supposed to do here? Okay, so this is where we just say statements of something we have never, ever done. Okay. And then That's we can talk did, about if I other people sure. have or whatever. Right. I thought we had already done this, but then I was looking back through my notes and I realized we hadn't. So I, I think you talked about it, but yeah. I don't think we ever did it. I, I, what you got, Ryan? Uh, so I was keeping with the movie theme. Never have I ever seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh my like, goodness. I know. I, it's, it's a shame, and I need to see it, but I just never have taken the time. I mean, no, nah, you're not missing much. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I don't know either way. I'm just, right. it's one that you need to see. It is a classic. Everyone's seen it. What's yeah. the name of it again? The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you need to see it. Yes, you like the lion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, more than the lion. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but it seemed like there was another character that I liked even more. Um, Scarecrow? <laughs> Randy and I have uh, had juggle. Uh, yeah, we've laughed about that particularly. I'm trying to remember what he says. Uh He's trying to prove that he's courageous, right? Yeah, the lion, if yeah. I were the king of the forest. Yeah. But he sings yeah, it. How he sings, but you yeah. sing it. I wasn't going to sing it. No, I'm not either. I offended the entire 530 Bible study when I told him I'd never watched the movie Rudy. I haven't either, obviously. I've never even heard of the movie Rudy. Well, really? there you go. You're in good <laughs> yeah, company. Yeah, well, the good Catholics out there have, right? Ooh. Well, no, it's a Notre Dame fighting oh, Irish okay. movie. Uh, yeah, like I have never, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you gotta, you've got to watch that movie to get confirmed in the Catholic Church, yes. is my understanding. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm gonna watch it because uh, Samwise Gamgee it plays Rudy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, Layla has also never seen that movie, Ryan. Uh, so yeah, all right, you're not there alone. You go. 
Never have I ever went to an NBA game, and I don't believe I will. That's one of the things I want to That's basketball, right? Yep. Okay. National Basketball Association. Uh, okay. Uh, whoops. I'm getting a I did, too. I didn't know how many we were supposed to do. Me neither, says Kenny. And someone else said something. Oh, well, it's not to me. Oh, watch out for those flying monkeys. Who? Oh, Julie. I was like, none of those. Okay. Anyways, um, never have I ever used someone else's toothbrush. Ooh. So why are you looking at me like? Because I think you have, haven't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, weren't you a part of the the church, the church camp skit? I was the first person. Okay. So in the church camp. So okay. By design. So I brought that whole skit from CBC to church camp, and I told them, I am not going second, third, or last for sure. I can't, I cannot visualize it. I'll throw up right here on this table what Brad did, but anyway. Um, if you don't know what we're oh. talking about, you can come talk to one of us later. Yes. Um, okay. You got another one? No, well, yeah, but let's have Ryan go. I do not have about. another one. I just had the one. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Never have oh, I ever. Uh, Jamie does say you have used someone's toothpick. Actually, it was the tongue dispenser. Yes, you, yes, you? The, right. What well, I use Dawn's toothbrush all the time, if if mine's well, not that available counts. for whatever reason. I, and I said I have. I said, oh, okay, oh, yeah. that's right. Oh yeah. Okay. Go never, ahead, go ahead. never have I ever raised bees, but I want to. No, I want terrifying. To. And I'm allergic. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm allergic too. I know. You wear a suit. It doesn't matter. Uh, never have I ever dropped my phone in a toilet. Oh well, I have done that. I thought you had done that. No, I dropped it in the bathtub. Oh, okay. But not the toilet. Bloop, bloop, bloop. You have another one, Dad? Nope, I, that's the all I got. I have one more. Right. Never have I ever gotten into a physical fight. Oh, there you go. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I still have a few good years in me. There you go. All right. It's moving on to our last segment, this precarious moment. Talking more about Israel. So we were picking up at Chapter 26. And right. a lot of it In is your about text, the history. You said 27, 28. I did, but if you remember last week, I said we'll pick up back here at chapter 26. Mm. And I think I also sent a follow-up text saying we're picking up in 26. So okay. if you would read and listen. So are you ready to carry this section? <laughs> you I'm ready. have highlights. I'm ready for, I, last week's highlights. Go for it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so this chapter is labeled, well, okay, can you read the chapter title so I know how to say that Rampant. Word? Anti-Semitism. Rampant anti-Semitism. Um, it's, so it's talking about all the things that have um, been done against Israel um, in different ways. So they talk about how there is a battlefront. It's called BDS, which is Boycott, Disinvestment, and Sanction. And so it's to end international support for Israel's oppression of Palestinians and pressures Israel to comply with international law. Um, so they're boycotting Israel's products. Yes. They're divesting, they're encouraging people to divest personal holdings from Israeli companies and then punishing Israel with economic sanctions. It's economic warfare as well. Yeah, it it's what it is. Yeah. Right. Economic warfare. That's a good point. Um, now, he, he says basically that this, this is not being effective yet, but that it could. It could be. So it's unfortunately picking up. Steam. Right, it's it's a movement right now. It is not technically in action, um, and its its greatest supporters are university investments, liberal churches, academic societies, and the entertainment industry. 
Two significant things they say should be noted here. First, the so-called settlements targeted by the United Nations are often modern and fully up-to-date Israeli cities with skyscraper scrapers and all the high-tech modern conveniences. These cities are built on official Israeli soil within the borders of Israel, but the Palestin Palestines, Palestinians, there we go, want these particular pieces of land for themselves as a part of what they envision as a future Palestinian state. They demeaningly call these legitimate Israel cities settlements. And then second, uh, opponents demand that Israel give up more land to the Palestinians, but Israel is already so small it would fit into California 20 times, 33 times into Texas, and 82 times into Alaska. Israel is surrounded by a score of Arab nations, hundreds of times larger, who could easily give land to the Palestinians for them to have a nation. But the Palestinians don't want Arab land. They want Israel's land. And they want the Jewish state of Israel gone completely. You know, the to be a Muslim Islamic state, you basically have to have a part of your political plank uh, that you want the complete annihilation and destruction of Israel. Mm -hmm. And they all do. They all want that. So y you can't negotiate with that. No. And what's, what was interesting, it brings out in another chapter, it talks about how Israel has had to give away land to Arab nations when they were forming out. They, they talk about the exact one. I think it was Iraq or Iran. I can't mm -hmm. remember for sure. But they had to give up land for that. And so, like, like this is saying, like, it's the smallest or at least one of the smallest countries in the Middle East, but yet they are being pressured to give up more right. when other people could do it. And uh, something I wrote here too is um, underdog question mark because uh, you know we've always I think Hollywood and America likes to think that we are for the underdog and then but if that is true then then why are they so against Israel? Like right. everything is. Like, it seems like everything is pointing to Israel and trying to, like it says, to completely annihilate her. And I just don't understand the animosity against her, except for what they've said is that just because she represents a God that they don't want to believe is real, right. because then they would well, have no, to change that their is life. That Let that not be left to imagination. The reason that they hate Israel is because Israel reminds them of God, because Israel is the... I'm sorry, God is the only reason that Israel is in existence. On that page 92, he says, To feel sympathy, or no, let me start somewhere else. Few today know some 15% of Israeli citizens are Arabs, and they can work, vote, and serve in the government and on the Supreme Court. They're Arab soldiers, doctors, lawyers, Knesset members, which Knesset is their government. Uh, government that is, members of the official government, openly serving in Israel today. Unknown to most Americans, Arab citizens have the same rights as every other Israeli citizen. Let's repeat this. They have the same rights as every other Israeli citizen. If this is the only sentence you remember from this section, you have a better grasp of reality in Israel than most Americans. And moreover, those Arab citizens do not want to be ran by other Arabs. Mm -mm. They want to stay in Israel. Right, they're in Israel for a reason right. already. Right. Yeah, and this is under the section, which is another word I can't say. Apartheid. You, uh, yes, where a lot of people they're, are labeling Israel as right. an apartheid because, um, well, that, which that is an African word for separation. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. So they're trying to they're, they're trying to say that they're being against Arabs. Yes, couldn't be anything further from the truth. Yes, they want to get along with Arabs. Right, they just yeah. don't. They're not going to give up their land to do it. Right, and um, 
they also pointed out that the greatest opposition of the Palestinians, because that is who the modern day, everyone who is against Israel is upholding. Like they're saying that Israel is being oppressive against the Palestinians. Um, but the biggest form of oppression is from their own leaders. And that despite billions of dollars of economic aid being sent to Palestinian authorities over recent years, there still seems to be no effective infrastructure in place for the Palestinian people to survive and thrive. And that's because their leaders take the money and then live in opulent luxury. They right. don't share it with their people. Correct. So in real time, uh, I believe it was either yesterday or today, uh, a UN official praised a Hezbollah, uh, you know, cooperative for her, you know, tour uh, of a particular area that he was there and basically called her, you know, a saint. Uh, and, and Hezbollah, of course, is the main terrorist organization that launches rockets into Israel almost daily. Uh, and, you know, um, good Americans and Israelis basically lost their mind that this UN official would tweet this out praising this terrorist. Uh, but, but that's what we're dealing with with the UN. Uh, he says here, and this is a good thing to understand, uh, that the UN, and remember, uh, Zionism is simply that you believe that Israel has a right to exist, they have a right to the land that they're on, and more, and they have a right to defend themselves. That's right. Zionism. Right. And so uh, the UN uh, adopted a resolution declaring Zionism is a form of racism and racial discrimination. Right. Okay. So then let's repeat what you just said Zionism in uh, is. It's so a right to the Jewish homeland. So, yeah, so how is that racist? It. Yeah, right. It, it, it's not. And how is it racist to exist as an independent nation? It's not. And then also how is it racist to, to be able to defend yeah, yourself? It, it's not. Uh, None uh, of those have ever been declared racist before this when right. it is against the Jewish people. He, he says that you would think this would be a no-brainer for any people, but, but no. The United Nations has declared this to be racist if done by Jews because Arab nations all around Israel do the very same thing. Right, right. Um, and it also, it also says that the, um, ever since the institution, no, hold on. Since the inception of the United Nations in 1949, more resolutions have been passed condemning Israel than any other country <laughs> in the world. And Israel more than also Germany just when Hitler was right, around. right, in 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 China, yeah, like that's another Russia. big player in that. And Israel is the only free democratic nation in the Middle East. Right, it, Israel has had more resolutions against them than North Korea. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, all right. Well, if we're going to get to 27, 28, we better get after it. Well, I mean, we we're we're free form. It's okay. So, because there's still some stuff in here that I are. We weren't allowed to break the rules. No. When I do it, it's okay because I make the rules. Um, no, but I just had a few more things, and it's really not big, but it really is just again and again and again talking about how they are targeting Israel. This one that I have highlighted talks about how the, the UN has passed resolutions denying Jewish connection between the Temple Mount, the Western Wall, and Jerusalem, and the Temple of the Patriarchs in Hebron, and the burial site of Abraham, Sarah, and their children. I mean, you're telling the Israelis that they have no connection with the, the father of their nation? Yeah, I won't claim to be any expert on this, but I was listening to Ben Shapiro, and he was talking about how, you know, he went to Jerusalem, and he tried, you know, you go up on the Temple Mount, and you got all the... Uh, 
Palestinians up there, and they can do whatever they want, but uh, if you're a Jew and you even mouth a prayer and they see that you're praying there, they'll kick you out. You're not allowed wow. in their own land. It's, wow. So they've, they've given concessions. It's not like they're... That's exactly yeah. right. They have I given think some could... Well, I think we would agree that they might have given too many. Oh, well, oh, there's yeah. no doubt. Uh, they're trying to play nice. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the, the Israelis can only be pushed so far. Uh, w speaking of that, we need to pray that Netanyahu gets back into, in my humble opinion, into leadership because he, he is for the sovereignty of Israel. Uh, and he's not going to give up any more land. Uh, but I, I seemed like something again today was put out there that they're trying to block him. Yeah. So, so, so that was that was chapter twenty six, and I think it's good. Of a, we'll just end there. We can start sure. up on chapter twenty seven, chapter twenty eight next week. We might even add twenty nine if I'm feeling like it. <laughs> so this week's um, word of wisdom to end this. Okay, hold on. Oh, Kenny says we need to go debate with the UN. Debate with debate. The UN. There you go. Sorry, I might have said that weird because I, I was thinking to battle. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Um, so, <laughs> Lord of the Rings again. Exactly. So, um, my words of wisdom I actually stole from Terry Yerke because she texted um, the other the panel this week because she really liked um, these words, and so I wanted to share them as my words of wisdom. <laughs> so it is that humbling ourselves helps us see our sin more accurately, and seeing our sin more accurately humbles us. So I felt like that cut deep. Um, so thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives next week and share the word on your socials. Good night. <laughs>